Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with this message entitled, The Final Judgment. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 2. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we live among a people who live every moment for fun. And we ourselves are tempted to live for fun with no consciousness of eternity that one day we will have to stand before God. Teach us from your word, your judgment, the final judgment, the eternal judgment and help us to become sober. Help us, O Lord, to be transformed by your word that we may live not for our fun but for the glory of God. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The final eternal judgment. And we heard the last verse, 16th verse, says it is part of Paul's gospel. And it is the last doctrine you find in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 2, eternal judgment. And you have seen and heard how unbelievers mock the God of the Bible without fear of any judgment. You heard Richard Dawkins so doing in the movie Expelled by Ben Stein. He didn't mock the God of the Hindus or Buddhists. He mocked the God of the scriptures. And he was very proud of it. And he glories in mocking the God of the scriptures. The word of God declares there is not only temporal judgment, God abandoning people to uncleanness, to perversion, to a depraved, reprobate mind, to do things that are unfit and immoral. But there is also a final eternal judgment after the resurrection of the dead at Christ's second coming. We all are God's creation and we all are created as moral beings accountable to God. And God is the judge of all the earth. Abraham understood it. And he judges all people Verse 9 and 10, Jews and Gentiles. So in our text, Romans 2, 1 through 16, Paul deals primarily with the Jews. In chapter 1, 18 through 32, he dealt primarily with the Gentiles. Jews agreed with Paul's treatment of the Gentiles. 
They agreed with the sins that Gentiles committed. They agreed that they should be judged. But they were startled when he began to speak about their own judgment. We can understand God judging the Gentiles. They are unclean. They are called dogs. But we Jews are God's chosen people. We are Abraham's children. We possess the law. We are in covenant with God. We are circumcised. But we must learn God has no double standard. One for Gentiles and one for the Jews. God cannot overlook the sins of the Jews. God is holy. The wrath of God, we are told, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress truth in unrighteousness. No one is immune to divine judgment. The word judgment or judge appears ten times in this passage. The judge who is God, Hotheos, appears seven times. God, the judge, shall surely judge in history and beyond history. If God judges the Gentiles and Jews, what about Christians? Yes, he judges the phony antinomian Christians too. God's judgment is based on the degree of revelation received by every human being. Therefore, we must conclude Christians will be judged most severely. So let us consider the nature of this final eternal judgment. And the judge is, number one, the judge is God. Verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, verse 11, verse 13, and verse 16 tell us very clearly who the judge is. Abraham understood this and he spoke to God in reference to the destruction of Sodom. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The answer, of course, is yes. And we read in chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, man judges unrighteous judgment. He sees the moat and the speck in another's eye, but fails to see the plank in his own eyes. And they judged Jesus as the greatest sinner and handed him over to be crucified. That was man's most unrighteous judgment in the history of the world. Holy Son of God treated as a blasphemer. The judge 
condemns another, yet does the same sins. Paul says you are self-condemned. Yes, there is no perfect justice in this world where fallen people are the judges. When justices say killing babies in the womb is all right, we know how bad judges are and justice in the world is. Not only man sins, not only he judges others while doing the same sins, same sins he condemns in others. Man thinks, such a man thinks, he can escape God's judgment. I sin all my life, and then I die. I die, sir. What can God do to me? If there is a God. But let me tell you, God is so great that he will raise up every sinner who died in their sins. And he will mete out final eternal judgment of eternal conscious existence in hell far from all forms of God's grace. See, every sinner experiences God's grace now. But in hell, there is no such grace. Hell is graceless. Man will be without any excuse at that judgment. There is no escape from an omniscient God, omnipresent God, almighty God. Jesus said, you snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? God says, these things you have done and I kept silent. You thought I was altogether like you. I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue. Psalm 51. The atheists, like Dawkins, cannot escape. The unbelieving Jews, pagans, Christians, would not escape God's final eternal judgment. And we read in this text... All sinners experience God's abundant goodness, that is kindness, forbearance, that's restraint, and long-suffering. God created us, God provides for us, for our every need, God bears with us when we sin. He is long-suffering toward us. He is not short-tempered. He does not punish us instantly and immediately. He waits and waits to see whether we repent. Think differently about God, about oneself, about all reality. He waits, waits to see whether we forsake all our sins. 
and turn to God to serve him only with all delight and all of life. The purpose of God's common grace is revealed here in verse 4 is to conduct you and lead you to repentance. He could have judged us years ago. He could have killed us years ago. But he showed his abundance of kindness, restraint, and long-suffering to us. But man willfully is ignorant of the purpose of God's goodness. Man refuses to repent. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3 and verse 9 that God is patient with you. He has not come down yet. Jesus has not come down yet because God is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. Jesus did not come yesterday that you may repent today and be saved. But man abuses God's goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering. He makes his heart more hardened and unrepentant. He becomes more stubborn. He refuses to respond to God he engages in more and more sins. He becomes more and more violent and wicked and filthy. He thus treasures for himself God's wrath as he sins daily. He sins his entire life and he earns large amount of God's wrath. The wrath of God against a sinner increases as he lives an unrepentant life daily. Remember what God said to Abram concerning the iniquity of the Amorites in Genesis 15. He says you cannot go into Canaan, you cannot possess Canaan and you and your children will go to Egypt. For the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. To reach full measure, it took 400 more years. And then Joshua destroyed them and brought Israel into Canaan. Every sinner outside of Jesus Christ is increasing his measure of God's wrath every day he lives. The wrath will be poured out upon him on the last day when he faces the final eternal judgment of God. Number two. This judgment is according to truth. Man's judgment is generally not according to truth. Man has not all the facts. Man misinterprets the facts he has. Man suppresses and exchanges the truth for a lie. But God's judgment alone 
is according to truth. Because God is true. God is omniscient. God needs no witness. He does not have to discover facts. And we are told in Hebrews 4, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And St. John, by the revelation of Jesus Christ, tells us books will be opened along with the book of life. Yes, God's judgment will be just and according to truth. Number three, God's judgment is certain. It is so certain that God has fixed a day for it. Chapter two and verse five. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. Verse 16, this will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. And every unbeliever knows in his heart this final eternal judgment and its outcome. Look at chapter 1 and verse 32. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death. And Hebrews 9 verse 27 says, And it is appointed unto men once to die. And it is appointed for men after this judgment. Revelation 6 and verse 17 says, For the great day of their wrath has come. And who can stand it? It's appointed, sir. It is certain. It's a fixed day. And it is coming soon. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive what is due him for things done while in the body. Whether good or bad. And turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 6, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven 
in blazing fire with his powerful angels. And number four, the judgment is universal and personal. God is not going to judge simply nations as nations and tribes as tribes or families as families. Every individual, everywhere, ever lived, shall be judged for what he has done while in the body. Every individual being God's creation, is to obey God and worship Him only. He will be judged for His actions. Did He conform to God's truth? Or did He exchange the truth for a lie? Did He suppress the truth to practice godlessness and wickedness? So take a look at chapter 2, verse 6. God will give to each person, each person, according to what he has done, not his mother has done, not his president has done. Blaming society, blaming the president, blaming everybody else, blaming the mother and father. No, sir, you will be judged for what you have done. And verse 9, there will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. Number 5, this judgment, eternal final judgment is according to works. Look at verse 6. God will give to each person katata sarka according to the works. Katata erga, not sarka, katata erga according to the works. Either one produces good works, evidencing his justification by faith, or dead works, Evidencing his unbelief, his stubbornness, his rebellion, his hardness of heart, his unrepentance, his enmity against God. Those who are saved by grace through faith are to produce good works. So Paul says in Ephesians 2 and verse 10, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Good works are God's works. Good works are fruits a branch brings forth due to its vital union with Christ the vine. No fruit of obedience means no vital connection with Christ. Yes, we are not saved by works, but by faith alone. But John Calvin said, but faith that saves us is not alone. Saving faith issues in obedience to God. 
Paul says in Titus, Jesus Christ gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, zealous, burning, eager to do good works. For a Christian, doing good works is not a pain. It is a delight. Turn to Matthew 16 and verse 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. And turn to Matthew 25, beginning with verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by the Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in, I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? Verse 40, the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. And then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And look at verse 46, then they will go away to eternal punishment, eternal but the righteous to eternal life based on their obedience. Dr. John Stott says, the presence or absence of saving faith will be disclosed by the presence or absence of good works, of love in our lives. Turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 14 and verse 13. When I come to bury you, may I be able to read this. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. The wicked is known for their dead works, which are sins. Sins he commits daily in unbelief, manifesting his enmity toward God. The dead works are works of those dead 
in trespasses and sins. Of course, in obedience to his master, the devil, the God of this world. By good works, we please God. And by dead works, the unbeliever pleases his master, the devil, every day. Sir, we shall be judged according to our works, good or bad. And our works will reveal who our master is. Number six. This judgment will be without respect to persons. Chapter 2 and verse 11 tells us that. For God does not show favoritism. Respect of persons. God has no favorites. God has no grandchildren. God does not look at outward appearance. He looks at the heart. He desires truth in the inward parts. He is called cardio nostis, one word, heart knower. Jesus said, stop judging by appearance and make a right judgment. John 7 and verse 24. Jesus said, what is popular is abomination to the Lord. God is not impressed with our image cultivation. The Jews will not experience immunity from this judgment as they had expected. No immunity from judgment for antinomian Christians who put us under what God has joined together, who separate justification from sanctification. Listen to Martin Lloyd-Jones. New Testament scriptures teach us everywhere that no greater danger confronts anyone who makes a profession of the Christian faith than antinomianism. That is lawless life. Which is the central conception of the evangelicals of this period. Receive Jesus, you don't have to obey him. He who stole, let him steal every day. He who lies, let him lie every day. He who fornicates, let him fornicate every day. But he is saved and he'll be in heaven. God will not be pleased with what Dr. Moo calls covenantal nomism. Which is election, our view of election, we are the chosen, plus intention to obey the law, saves. That's what covenantal nomism means. We are chosen, we possess the law, we are circumcised or baptized, so we are saved. The truth is, no one is superior to anyone before God. Don't you say, we are Abraham's children. Don't you say we were baptized. Don't you say we went to church. The gospel calls us to the obedience of faith. Obedience that issues from saving faith. No immunity for Jews or Christians. With God, there is no favoritism. 
judgment finally is according to knowledge received. Verse 12, 14 through 15. God is not going to judge the Gentiles who didn't have the law by the law. God is not going to judge the Jews who didn't have the gospel by the gospel. The Gentiles know God through creation. They know God and his eternal power. They know God of glory who created the universe. And beyond that, beyond the knowledge of, from creation, God has created every person with a built-in knowledge of God's sense of deity. We read the work of the law is written in their hearts. Who wrote it there? God. And if you want study cell and you are amazed at the amount of information in the cell. Who put it there? God put it there, sir. So the work of the law is written in the hearts. And we are told there is also a conscience in man. A moral consciousness as to what is right and what is wrong. So every man knows what is good and what is evil. So then every man sins against this knowledge of God. This knowledge of God's will written in his heart by God himself. So every man is without excuse for his sin. He cannot plead ignorance on the day of this final and eternal judgment. Now what about the Jews? The Jews were given also beyond creation knowledge beyond the work of the law written in their hearts and beyond this conscience this moral consciousness they were given additional revelation the law of Moses so the Jews possessed greater revelation than the Gentile so the Jews will be judged in accordance with the possession of greater knowledge of God and you, you say, yes, I agree with that about the Gentile. I agree with that Jew. But what about Christians? Let me tell you, Christians have maximum knowledge of God. Knowledge from creation. Knowledge from the work of the law written by God in his heart. Knowledge from his conscience. The moral consciousness, knowledge from the Old Testament, and finally knowledge from the New Testament, knowledge of Jesus Christ. So the judgment of Christians will be in accordance with this maximum light he has received. Let me tell you, friends, phony antinomian Christians, therefore will be punished with many stripes to them the bottom of hell is reserved 
Look at Matthew 7, 21 and following. God is speaking to Christians who prided in their prophecy, in their miracles, in their casting out of demons. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. True Christians will look not just creation or conscience. True Christians look to the whole Bible to discover the will of God. Because conscience is not an infallible guide. Bible says it can be dead, it can be defiled, or it can be good. A good conscience is one that is continually adjusted by the knowledge of the word of God written. Sin, friends, is transgression of the law. Transgression of God's standard. Gentiles sin against the standard that is given to them. The Jew sins against the standard given to them. But Christians sin against the highest possible standard given to us. And we are without excuse. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to think about this final eternal judgment. God will judge. God will judge everyone. God will judge according to knowledge received. He who sinned without the law will die without the law. He who sinned under the law will be punished through the law. No one is able to escape this final and eternal judgment of God. Everyone who runs away from God only runs to him. Richard Dawkins will be judged. Christopher Hitchens will be judged. Every atheist will be judged. Every Gentile will be judged. Every Jew will be judged. And every Christian will be judged. Help us, O Lord, to know that we cannot hide from him. There is only one thing we can do. Flee to him. Hide in him. That we may be saved forever and ever cross reveals the wrath of God the justice of God and it also reveals the love of God there Christ was judged in my place that I who believe in Jesus will never be judged every drop of wrath has been poured out upon Jesus Christ no drop remains to fall on me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for saving us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of the sermon entitled, The Final Judgment. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.